Hey there, sweet sister. All right, now y'all know that I'm gainfully single here at the prime age of 46. And if you know my story a little bit, you know that my love life needed a little bit of resurrection power, okay? Thankfully, that is our theme for the month of April is resurrection. Now, y'all, after I ended my affair, I was in my early 40s and I pretty much swore off dating and it was a way of protecting myself because guess what? When you don't put yourself out there, you don't get rejected, all right? So earlier this year, actually in February of 2022, a dear friend of mine, Suzanne, if you're listening, I love you and I'm so grateful for you for so many reasons. But one of the reasons was she just kind of dropped a little seed and said, hey, do you know that there's a Christian singles dating conference going on here in Orlando? And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I get to come to the Sunshine State again. I'm all in. So I was sparked with curiosity and I decided to go ahead and attend this conference. Now, let me just be telling you, okay, I'm just gonna be real up in here. I was the oldest person, I think, in the room, okay? Maybe some parents dropped their kids off. I'm just kidding. Um, but there, I was the oldest person in the room, and it was an amazing experience. Like, I was so sparked with curiosity and excitement and zeal, and I was like, you know what? This dating thing might actually be fun. Like, if I go into it with a different attitude. So after the conference at night, Kate Warman, who is the hostess of the conference and the founder of the Heart of Dating platform... She came out and I pretty much was like, uh, girl, you and I are going to be best friends. And if not, I'm going to creep on you on social media until you become my friend. Okay. <laughs> so I just pretty much said like, I would love to have you on my podcast because I feel like you are just so awesome. And there's so much that we can glean. I know that most of my audience is kind of the over 40 crowd. For those of you who are younger, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Okay. So you might be single or single again. So I was like, Kate, I need to have you come on and talk just about like some truth bombs about singles, Christian dating, all the things. So she is here today, you guys. I'm so excited. And not only does she drop some truth bombs up in here and share some godly wisdom and practical tips, she talks about her book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, which let's just talk about that title, okay? We've all been rejected from something. Let's just think about the kickball team back in grade school, okay? (laughs) I was always the last one picked. But that book is a must read for anyone who's ever felt rejected, which as I just mentioned, is all of us. All right. So Kate has renewed hope in me. She's restored, you know, some excitement and zeal for dating again. And I'm super excited because I'm back on the dating train, people. More to come on that soon. But she definitely has given me hope that there are good godly guys out there and just ways in which to finesse dating and go into it with an attitude of excitement and curiosity and leaving someone better than the way you found them. So I know you're going to learn from her. And even if you're not single, you probably know somebody who is. We all know those girls who are graduating from college looking for the MRS degree, okay? All right, so go ahead and saddle up, sister friend, because we are ready to go ahead and hear from Kate Warman today. All right. And don't forget, I will put her book title and all the ways to find it in the show notes. Thank you for rejecting me. All right. Grab your pen and paper and let's get the show on the road. (laughs) All right, sweet, sweet sister friend. Welcome back to the Shine with Brandy show. I am super excited today because I have kind of a celebrity guest, not kind of, but I do have a celebrity guest on the show with me today. Welcome to Miss Kate Warman. Hey, Franny. Uh, I'm really honored that you'd even say that, but I'm just excited. It feels like we're already girlfriends and we have met in real life. So that there is something to that too, but I love getting to do podcasts with people that I truly connect with and that, and that we've met before and we're, we'll go into that, but because it just feels like I'm hanging out with a girlfriend. (laughs) I know. And that's exactly what I want this to be. And my listeners know that I'm very real talk. 
So you can, you know, I mean, not dropping any, not dropping any swears or anything up in here, but you can talk real. Like you could talk, like if you, you know, go commando or something, like you can be real. Oh my gosh. That's how I talk. I don't swear really at all. So that wouldn't even be in the conversation, but I'm glad I can keep it real. Let's go. Good, good, good. Well, and my audience knows that that. too. So, you know, we're keeping the swears on the DL, but (laughs) other than that, you guys, I'm super excited to have Kate because I really just kind of was introduced air quote, if you will, to her. Um, I, I heard her on my friend, Michelle Donnelly's podcast last year. And I was like, kind of, who's this girl? Like it's good advice. And I kind of like, let it go because I was not in a mental place or space to really indulge in dating, you know, in kind of that world at the time, even though it was COVID and I probably should have been, <laughs> but I just, you know, really kind of put that on the back burner. And then earlier this year in February, literally Kate, I don't know if you know this, but five days before the event, a friend of mine who lives in Orlando, who leads a Bible study said, she messaged me and said, Hey, there's this heart of dating conference going on this week in Orlando, like next Friday, Thursday or Friday. And I was like, Oh really? And I literally <laughs> booked my flight on Sunday and came to the event that weekend. So, oh my gosh. I love that. Yeah. And you so, told me that I feel like you told me that you came really like, it was a last minute thing. You just yeah. heard about it and just heard about heart of dating. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it was so great. And it just goes to prove that, you know, when you have a desire for something and you're like, I know that this is going to help me that you do it, you know, like yes. you just go all in. And so I cannot tell you guys um, enough about how much this has changed my life. And you'll get that in future episodes, I'm sure. But Kate, why don't you just start off by like kind of giving us a 30,000 foot overview of like how, who you are. I know that there's a heart of dating. We're going to plug, you know, some of the stuff towards the end and share a little bit more how people can connect with you, but how did you arrive in the place in the space? We know that, you know, oftentimes on our journeys, right. That we go through these pains and these, you know, literally these birth pains. And that is of course, where we build our platform. So how Mm. did you arrive at the mission of coaching singles. First of all, I just want to say for any, I just want to call out something that you booked this, that trip to go to heart of dating conference on a whim, which is such a picture of the beauty of the freedom and time that we do have as singles. And I'm not here to just say, oh my gosh, singleness, blah, blah, blah. So amazing. And not also recognize that there's pain and disappointment, but I just want to say like, that is so awesome. Like, because you don't have all the other, you know, responsibilities, you can like book a trip in a whim and be like, Hey, I'm going to go to Orlando this weekend. And so just want to call that out. Cause I think that's so awesome. And sometimes we miss, we we're so focused on looking at the next thing that we forget how beautiful some of the things that we have right now are just like the flexibility and freedom. And so yeah, starting heart of dating came out of my journey of pain and be- bringing God, bringing beauty from ashes, because for me, Um, my story of dating started very young at the age of 14. And uh, you'll hear more about my story if you today on the episode, but if you get more connected with me, but I dated for 10 years back to back from 14 to 24, basically, and was pretty much not single at all during that time. And I put a lot of my identity in relationships. And to back up for a second, my childhood there was, you know, my parents were doing the best that they could, but they had a tumultuous relationship. And when you see your parents fighting or something, just not being even not, there's not enough love distribution in the family. You start picking up on messages 
for yourself and you start internalizing them and then you start acting out in such a way. Some people pull back. Some people feel really alone and afraid. Some people get louder. I was a child that got louder and I was like, see me, look at me. Hello, I exist. And I got loud. And, uh, but once I started realizing getting loud, wasn't working, I started turning to a few other coping mechanisms. And at a very young age that looked like going towards boys. And why did I do that? Because I wasn't getting love affirmation and validation from my parents or the kind of love validation affirmation that I really wanted. That was consistent. I didn't feel that seen in my familial dynamic. And therefore I said, well, how can I feel seen outside of this? If that's a need that I have, and I'm not getting, I need to find that somewhere. And so subconsciously, obviously you don't do it like knowing that you're doing it, but subconsciously I turned to romance to, I turned to men from a very young age, boys at the time, they weren't men, <laughs> let's be honest. But, um, and that led to, to what I just was saying, the dating from 14 to 24, it started at a very young age that I had an obsession with men and boys and getting them to like me and looking for my real identity in relationships. So for those 10 years, I dated back to back and I constantly had a boyfriend one year. I flew through boyfriends. I had 16 boyfriends in one year because I just was like over and over and over. I'm going to date and date and date. And I'm going to end the relationships before they have a chance to reject me. And I'm going to jump to the next thing. And I was like, I don't want that as soon. Like, let's just get that hit of feeling good and validated and beautiful and affirmed. And then let's move to the next. The issue for any, for me was that underneath all of this was of course, bad dating practices. I was, I shouldn't have been really dating at such a young age, but also I was looking for all these things for a man that a man in life just cannot fill. And outside of that, there was also so many belief systems that I had about myself that were very self-hating. And so because of those self-hatred, um, tendencies and thought processes, there was just no person in the world, no physical human person that could make me feel the kind of love that I really needed to feel. That love could only come from Jesus. But even though I was quote unquote, I knew God at the time, I did not connect all of those dots. So this tendency led me, unfortunately, to being in a very dark, toxic, and abusive relationship in my early twenties. And that relationship was abusive in every way, you know, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, physically, all of the ways it became abusive. And I was with that person for a very long time for two and a half years. And it was a roller coaster, an emotional roller coaster. And again, I, because I was so used to putting my identity in relationships, I clung to this guy thinking, man, there's potential in him. Why I can, I can help him. I can change him. I can fix him. I can make him love me. I can make him see that I'm worthy of being loved. And so that performer element in me really queued up and was really triggered and on an all time high in that relationship. And so in that relationship, because I already had so many really self-hating tendencies and thoughts Unfortunately, if you come into a relationship already feeling those things, and then you encounter somebody who's abusive, while your flesh and your logic says this isn't right, internally, there's something in you that believes it's right and believes it's maybe true because of the internal messages you've been sending to yourself already. And so for two and a half years, there are ways in which I thought, yeah, I'm not deserving of love. I'm, I'm not worthy. I'm not that beautiful. No wonder he's cheating on me. I'm not in shape like this other girl. And there were so many things that were validated dating this guy. 
I'm going on. I'm talking way too long, but I will say that after this relationship, which was very hard to get out of, um, and took a very long time. And so, um, I, I really had to take a hard look at myself, my tendencies, my patterns. And what I started realizing was that I didn't know who Kate was at all without men, without performance and doing really well at other areas and without having a boyfriend and a guy after me, I didn't know who Kate was. And I realized I really, I really needed to desperately figure that out because I could not get to this low of a place ever again. It was such a low place where I just hated myself throughout. And after that relationship, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this. And so I went on a journey of removing myself from men entirely, uh, even friendships with men. I had to be really careful because even just the friendship for me was giving me some level of validation from a man. And I realized I just had to heal that completely. Even if it wasn't a romantic connection, there was something in that that was giving me validation. So I went to therapy, did a lot of inner healing, actually changed churches in the process. I changed communities. That was huge for me actually, and nothing against those people that I was friends with at the time, but they were not really supporting me on my journey. And they were not the best influences to really direct me to the heart of God and to healing. And so I switched churches, switched friend groups, got a brand new, beautiful, thriving community, did inner healing for the first time and took a break from men for upwards of three years. After that journey, of healing is when I started feeling I was ready to date again, but I wanted to date in a new way. And this is where I got Dr. Henry Cloud's book, which I now talk about so much. And it's the book, how to get a date worth keeping. But that book really transformed my mindset on what I was really looking for and how I was dating and the quote unquote type that I had, which was clearly not working for me. Okay. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, let's do it. You know? And so I remember specifically right after reading that book, I went on a dating app and I got connected to this awesome Christian guy. And he didn't look like my quote unquote type by any means. I wasn't really attracted to him. Like I was like, Ooh, I don't know. But he asked me out. And I was like, I'm just going to say yes and see what happens. And so I remember the night before the date, I was like, I'm going to cancel. I'm not going to like this guy. I'm not into him. What is no, but I really felt this challenge saying, Kate, just go on the date and see what happens. And this is now many years ago, but I went on the date and I was the best part about not putting a lot of pressure on it and not like caring so much about the guy was that I was completely myself. And I just had, I was free. I had fun. I didn't like hyper-focus on, is he going to like me? Is this going to work out? Is this going to be my husband? I just was like, let's just be free and comfortable and myself. And it was enjoyable. It was actually enjoyable. And he was actually lovely. And he walked me to my car, asked me on a second date. And I was like, wow, he's a stand-up gentleman. And so I, and like I, with partnership with the Holy Spirit, challenged myself to just be open And over the course of a month, I did develop physical attraction towards him. And that attraction led to us then being in a relationship. And it was great. He's a good friend of mine to this day. So I bring up that story because he's a good friend of mine to this day, years and years later. And that led me on this journey of like, okay, dating can be done in a new way. Let's, let's do this in a different way. And so, um, eventually that led me to starting heart of dating. I will not get into every single detail possible because I've already shared everything, but for any, I just recognize that there was a void between 
knowing how to date well and practically being able to do that. And the church didn't really give us many tools. And so as much as I didn't want to be the person that, to step into that void, I really felt God in that season over four years ago saying, Kate, look at how far I brought you in your story and your journey and relearning who you are and putting your identity in the right place and going through heartbreak numerous times, but being able to better recover now more than ever from heartbreaks that you still encounter. Like I will, I will take you through this next stage. If you allow me to, if you trust me. So I trusted and I did the brave thing, had the three seconds of courage and I started hard of dating and it's been the best decision I've ever made. And so that is how I started Heart of Dating. <laughs> Which I absolutely love it though, because it just is really just setting the stage for people who are listening right now to a listener out there who's like, you know, I'm going through all this pain that God will use it one yes. to find you, right? Just like the garden mm -hmm. of Eden, he will come looking for you. And in that pain, yeah. he looked for you. And then he provided the people that you needed, you know, you, you enveloped yourself in this new community and everything like that. And so I just think that it's just hopefully a powerful testimony to someone listening today that everything God will use every single hurt and heartache and all the good things too. And it'll be part of your story and perhaps part of your platform, you know? So I love how you've been transformed and then now are helping other people transform. And mm -hmm. a couple of things I want to circle back to some funny and some, you know, really topical in terms of the faith, our faith walks, but I love that you were like a serial dater, right? You said like for 10 years, I pretty much just did dating one summer, Kate, I did, I had just finished my master's degree in 2007. I was like, then, so the next summer I was like, I'm going to go on dates. Cause I had never dated like for a couple of years I was engaged and I went on a hundred dates that summer and I made oh it like a gosh. business. I had a spreadsheet. I had a first date outfit. So I didn't like repeat it. It was like a hot mess. I oh my God. about it, but I had like notes because I was like, I'm not going to remember these guys. And like, you know, does this guy uh -huh. like Darth Vader or does this guy have four kids? Does this guy have a dog? Like who's who? So I had a spreadsheet of notes <laughs> and everything. So I can relate. Oh I don't think you were that crazy, but the one thing I do want to circle back to is, you know, talking about your identity, because we know yeah. that we have to know who God is, that he wants good things for us. He, he desires to have those things for us and he mm -hmm. puts them on our, our hearts so that we desire them. And then ultimately like he had to almost, I use the word refather a lot. Like he refathered mm -hmm. you. So you yes. knew who you were as a daughter of the King to say, mm -hmm. I'm worth this. And yeah. you know, I deserve more and I don't need to be, or deserve to be in this relationship. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, applaud you to, like you said, it was more than three seconds of courage that it took you to walk through that. Mm -hmm. And it's painful. Like you said, it took three years, you know, to, yeah. to do that. So um, what might you say to a woman who perhaps is in your shoes, whether she's single or single mm -hmm. again, and maybe she's, you know, feeling less than maybe not feeling enough, maybe feeling like that girl is too pretty or too thin or whatever, you know, yeah. and maybe what would, what advice or what kind of word of wisdom would you share with her? Perhaps a messenger of our father right now, or just yeah. from her own experience, what would you say? Well, one of my favorite, favorite things to do when I used to work with people one-on-one, -on -one, I do that less now, but one of the things, and this comes from a direct exercise I had to learn to do for myself. We, when we go out to date, we typically have a list of things we're looking for and we have it and we know it and we're like, okay, let's go. But one of the, my favorite things to do is to say, Hey, if you are struggling at all with your worth, with your value, 
especially when it comes to dating, because I find some people are like good in their singleness, but then bring in the dating thing. They're like, Ooh, now I'm questioning myself entirely. Like, why am I so anxious? Am I beautiful? Why do I feel so insecure? We may have mastered some of those things to a degree in singleness around our friends, you know, but then it gets like a new can of worms definitely gets exposed most of the time when you enter into dating. It just triggers different things where we're like, ooh, intimacy, romance, ah. And so I want to encourage you to write a list of things that you truly love about yourself. What are the things that that you have to bring to a relationship? You see that what is so important, and this was a message my mentor gave to me a long time ago, is that this was actually, I wrote about it in chapter five of my book, but You never want to feel that you are with a man only because you are waving your hands in front of his face, trying to convince him and tell him how amazing you are. That is not what you want to do. And that is not what you have to do. And just imagine if you were to do that, how exhausting that would be to do for the rest of your life, to be trying to get him to see you, value you and see all the beautiful things you have to bring to a relationship. No, you don't want to do that. You want somebody that sees the valuable things about you and wants to pursue them. Their heart is ignited to pursue you through the good, bad, and ugly. However, the one way, the key to this, as well as not only finding someone who's going to do that is also to believe those things about yourself deeply, truly, and know what they are. So when we are going to dating, we can, we need to be able to say, no, I'm, I'm maybe a little awkward at flirting. Okay. I don't really, I'm not the best flirter. I'm not overly extroverted. I'm a little awkward, but I kind of like that about myself. Instead of saying I'm weird and that's horrible. And I'm the worst. You change the narrative of like, I'm a little awkward, but it's kind of fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so you need to learn, like, I'm a little awkward when it comes to these things. People don't realize I'm a dating coach, but I'm like, I can definitely be awkward. And <laughs> as soon as it gets to certain points, I'm like, I'm certainly awkward. Like I'm great at the beginning of dating. Then once commitment gets involved, woo, it's like a whole different version of Kate comes out and I'm like, oh my gosh, my vulnerabilities, I'm insecure. Or do you like me? Do you not? I need to, woo, I need to calm down. I need to, I'm sweating. And um, it's, it's like, for me, those, those are the times for me that I need to then go into like, okay, wait, what is true? What do I know to be true? What do I know about myself? What do I have to bring to this relationship? How can I bring myself back to center? But it's just so important that you really know how valuable, worthy, and unique you are. You don't have to be like this other girl. If this guy is not interested in you and he's interested in somebody else, well, guess what? That doesn't mean that you are not worthy, amazing, wonderful, and unique. It just means that this other person may be a better fit for him. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you aren't, those things about you are not true. It doesn't mean that you have to change all these things about you, be skinnier, be more extroverted, flirt better. It doesn't mean you have to do those things to quote unquote, win a guy over the right guy. Like I said, his heart is going to be ignited to pursue you through the good, bad, and ugly. So what I want to encourage for you is really process, press into what are the unique, wonderful, valuable things that I have to bring to a relationship and how you can start is by just asking friends in your life. What do you bring to the friendship? They're friends with you for a reason. They're choosing to be friends with you. Otherwise they wouldn't have you in your life, right? In their life. And so why are they friends with you? And even asking them and doing this exercise and having a mirror reflected back to you can be so affirming. It's like, Oh, I, I didn't know that I brought that to you. I didn't know I was such a valuable listener to you. I, I, that's just something I guess that comes naturally to me, but then you can realize, man, 
I'm a really great listener. This is something I have to bring to people. This is something that I'm going to be proud of. And, you know, maybe I'm not the best at telling stories, but maybe I'm a really good listener and really good at being empathetic and just sitting with somebody in their pain. So it's not about becoming like this other girl that you want to be like that somebody else chose over you or this other girl that you have made like made up in your head. It's knowing who God has created you to be and what unique and wonderful things there are about you and being able to embrace them every day. Um, and then being able to bring that to dating. And this is a process. It's a journey. It's not like you do this exercise once and then you know it forever. Like you have to process this, pray through it and, and really press into it almost daily. Like I would even say, put the list on your fridge as cheesy as it sounds like we need to be every day. God's mercies are new every morning. Right. Mm -hmm. And within that, we need to refresh ourselves and remind ourselves of things. Like these are the wonderful things I have to bring to the world. This is what God has created me to be. I'm excited. I'm going to celebrate that and use that today to, to bring life to the world. And so um, that's my encouragement for that person who feels that way right now. Well, I love that too, because it goes back to what you said earlier about knowing your identity. Like when you know who you are and you know what you bring to the table, you're okay to be like, I'm quirky. I'm a little bit weird here. You know what I mean? Like yes. you can step into that and own that. And it's not just like, I'm quirky and I'm weird. And I have to put that on the shelf. You know what I mean? Like you right. kind of embrace it. And I think that so often we, as women, you know, we're under a microscope in a lot of ways of our lives. And so I think it's really important for us to, to step into that and into the fullness of who God has created us to be. And that's what probably our friends like about us, their quirkiness, our oddities, you know, and eccentricities. And so I just love that you're able to kind of circle back to that. Um, yeah. You know, and I'm super excited because I am not fully done with your book yet, but I started reading, I do a book a month usually. And I think I've got three this month. So I did start reading the Henry oh, Cloud book yay. you referenced earlier. Oh, so good. And yes. Started reading yours and I'm about, I don't know on page like 175 chapter nine, here's where I'm at right oh now. Oh my but gosh. So you those, already heard some of this stuff. Cause I wrote about some of this in the book. I sure. did, but many of my audience members did not which we will certainly tell you more about that at the end, but you guys, it is called, thank you for rejecting me. And as I really started thinking and praying mm-hmm. over, you know, I met you in February, but as I started praying over the themes for this month, it is obviously Easter. And so knowing that it's all about resurrection power. And like you said, beauty from ashes, you know, we know that that is offered to us through Jesus. And thank you that we have that. And thank you as believers and sisters and daughters, we do have that, but your book really dials into this in messaging in terms of, you know, the thank you for rejecting me and how we can transform. And I love how every single chapter is taking that pain into a purpose, learning to fight for yourself. Last year, I read Jenny Luska's book, fight to flourish. I don't know if you read that book, but it reminded me a lot of that, just the byline of this, because, you know, we know that Ephesians 6 tells us that we are fighting from a spiritual you know, place every single day. And yeah. then you talk every single chapter then has a byline of, look, you're fighting lies, you're fighting insecurity, you're fighting self-hatred, you're fighting, like you, we yes. are fighting this. And so I love how perhaps it's not so overt in the book about the um, Ephesians 6 element, but we are fighting. But the best part is we're fighting mm-hmm. from a place of victory, right? Because we yes. know that God has given us Jesus to be victorious. But can you share a little bit more about some of the insights that you share? And again, we don't have to share the whole book, but, you know, just talking about how the importance of how we have to fight for that transformation to occur. Yes. You know, I think, and when I talk about rejection specifically in the book, the reality is God did not promise us. And when we became a Christian, God did not promise us that that we then enter into this fairy tale land of 
rainbows and gumdrops and butterflies and roses and all the pretty things. And we never have another bad day again. I mean, none of that is going to happen until we reach heaven. Okay. We're not going to reach some sort of beautiful, blissful place with the Lord until we go to heaven. Okay. But we, sometimes I don't think we like really grasp that, even though the Bible is so clear, you will face so many trials. Like we still are like, why is this trial happening? God, why are you making me do this? And he's like, I mean, if you've read, especially if you've read the old Testament, you know, man, like God puts his people through the ringer. Granted, they also do a lot of really shady things sometimes, but God puts his people through the ringer. Okay. He wipes people out. He does all sorts of things. He challenges them. Like (laughs) it, it makes me laugh sometimes when I think about it, when I think of the comparison of how many years, sometimes people in the Bible have to wait for promises to be fulfilled. And meanwhile, we're like six months, a year, two years. We're like, God, what is happening? And people waited years upon years, upon years, upon years, sometimes never saw the answer in their generation. And we're over here like, Hey God, where's my husband? And you know, that's not to say that there isn't pain in the process of, of waiting and processing these things. But if we are believers, if we read the Bible, we have to realize that God does not promise us a life free of pain, nor does he promise us the answers for all the reasons for why bad and hurtful things happen. And what God, I believe, wants to do instead is he wants to equip us to become warriors in the kingdom, warriors against these things that are that are constantly fighting against us. And so one of the ways that shows up is an, an internal way through rejection, where the world is off is going to reject you in so many different ways. You know, you're going to be rejected in a small way. You may reject be rejected in a really big way, but you're going to get rejection all the time. You may feel rejected by somebody at the grocery store that looks at you the wrong way. And then you're like, did I cut them off? What did I do? Oh my goodness. I feel really bad. And they, it has nothing to do with you. Maybe they just are like, had that facial expression because they're thinking about something else. Okay. And so what we do so often is we create these stories in our minds and we create, we have such a big weight when it comes to rejection and pain. We so want to avoid that. And so I believe that God wants to set us free by renewing our mind continuously. And that is a process, but the reality of rejection and what I like to, the book is all about is Hey, there are so many forms in which you're going to feel pain, experience pain, experience rejection. What would it look like to start preparing yourself in such a way that when that rejection came, you almost expected it. You expect that a rejection or a pain is going to come. You know, it's going to happen. And so not to say that you're a robotic, it won't hurt at all. You're just like, you have this armor where it just like clinks off you and you never feel any pain ever again. I don't believe that's actually the pain or that that's actually the goal. I think there is beauty to experience levels of pain and getting into deeper, the deeper, deeper depths of the heart of God. However, what would it look like to experience pain, experience rejection and have it hit you, but not take you down entirely. And that's the difference in, in what I, I really hope to impart through the book is that man, like there, there's self-hatred, there's insecurity, Those are internal ways in which we self-reject. Let's work on those. There's abuse, there's sexual shame, there's being left out, there's feeling misunderstood, there's cheating. There's so many ways in which the world is going to let us down in which we're going to feel rejected, hurt, and in pain. But what if you can do your own work to heal from the past rejections and pain of your life so that you can better have tools to come at future situations 
and have those future situations, if they should let you down, prick you and not tear you down entirely. And this is what we're talking about with fighting for our own transformation, because the if we're not doing that, then what we're typically doing is we're just living a victim to all of our past pain, expecting it to happen again. And then when it happens again, we're like, see, the world is out to get me. God is bad. Everything sucks. Why, 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 why? And then we're stuck in the why and we're stuck, stuck, stuck until the next bad thing happens. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and we never grow. We never blossom. We're so stuck in our own pain. We're so stuck in our own questioning of God that we never actually get to the fullness of what we just talked about a minute ago, that true wholeness of who we are, the beauty of who we are. When we're so stuck in those layers, we never can really, we're never free to really just be the woman that God has created us to be. And so I believe though, that, that the world is out to get us in many ways that rejection is going to happen. Pain is going to happen. And so it is a constant individual battle and a challenge that you have to be willing to accept. Nobody can force you to want to change. Nobody can force you to want to go into those layers of pain, dig it up, face them, take ownership for things, heal from them, learn new tools, all of which is very hard to do, but nobody can force you to do those things. If you'd rather sit in your pain and continue to feel the same things, that is your decision. But I just, I know that there is another way I've experienced it. I continue to experience it. And so what it's so much more exciting, at least to me, and that's why I'm so passionate about it to say, oh my gosh, there's another way. I have a part to play in this. God's just not going to make all the pain go away automatically. He's not just going to snap his fingers. And my mind is continuously renewed. Like I have to take active partnership with the Lord and the Holy Spirit to be able to do those things to fight for my own transformation. But how awesome that I can do that. How awesome that the narrative doesn't have to stay as it is. And so if you are listening and you have just felt in this place of hopefulness, maybe thing after thing after thing has happened to you. Like, I love what you said for any, like now is the time to see the resurrection power that God does make beauty from ashes. And within that, what does it look like for you to trust that, that, that future good is coming and what can you do right now to move towards trusting and finding hope in the future good and doing whatever you can right now to take a step forward each and every day to fight for your own transformation. That is what I would encourage you to do. Well, and I love it too, because, you know, this is almost like a full circle moment to the, you know, beginning, just talking about how, you know, using this time of singleness, don't waste it, you know, hop on a plane and go to a dating conference. You know what I mean? Or, or use this time to really sit and journal and reflect. And, you know, I can't remember um, if, if I heard it at the conference or in Henry Cloud's book, but like dating, dating gives you data right? Yeah. yeah, Dr. Cloud says this. Yes. Yes. And I just feel like that was so powerful because I'm like, like you said, you're going to be triggered by something or something's going to come up and you're like, whoa, 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 slow the brakes down. You know what I mean? Like put the brakes on. And so I feel like, you know, getting out there and dating and for me being 46 and single, I just started dating. We'll kind of get to that in a hot second, but I just want to remind the listener who's out there too, like stewarding your season of singlehood. Well, you know, do Mm. it with intention. And even if you're not back on an app or a date, you know, back in the dating world or calling up friends to, you know, connect you with someone really using this as an opportunity to say, okay, like, what is it that I'm looking for? And Kate, the one reason why I loved the conference too, was because there was so much practicality and there was one exercise, I believe you had asked us to do like, write down all of the things um, that you're looking for, like in an ideal date. 
maybe yeah. it was um, the Robinsons, but it was just like, yes, what are yes. you looking for? Yes. And it was like, what are you looking for? And then like your ideal mate. Right. And then yeah. it was like where God needs to heal the places where if you're looking for someone who's going to help you feel secure, then maybe you have a place of insecurity that God needs to come in and heal. So yes. that resurrection power God has, he is the only source, as you mentioned, Kate, like yes. you were looking in all of these other places and spaces and God's like, hello, what about me over here? And you're like, oh, you, oh, yeah, yeah okay. exactly. You know, so <laughs> like just to, you know, circle back then to the book in terms of, you know, the reframe for me has been good. Like I have, I, all, my one friend, Alyssa always says you date, marry and divorce someone before you ever talk to them. Like we'll be at a bar or mm -hmm. something or like a restaurant. I'm like, She's like, oh, I'm going to talk to that guy from like, don't like, she wants to be the best wing woman. And I'm like, don't, he's not going to want to talk to me. Oh my gosh. And like, I reject myself. Like you said, you did yeah. too. It's like that self-sabotaging cycle yeah. where I'm like, I want to date, but yet I don't want to talk to someone. Like, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. So yes, exactly. I want to no. date, but I don't want to talk to them. So how yeah. is this going to happen? <laughs> exactly. Unless we're like, only like, you know, you've got mail or something like that's you're too young to probably remember yeah. what that is. Although I no, do love Rob. Not me. That's my favorite movie, girl. Okay. I That's saying. right. You and JJ, because he was like, what? But I say that because, you know, your book was such a powerful reframe for me of the process of not only dating, but like the breakup and like using yes. that as an opportunity and saying like, okay, Lord, like, what am I learning here? And what is it that you want to mm -hmm. teach me in this? And so I love how your book is like a workbook. You know, at the end of each section, yeah. you've got like this little grayscale area that's like, ask these things. Um, do these do things these. and, and remember these things. Exactly. Remember these things. And I just yep. love that because it was like, for me, I'm like a checklist person. So I was like, okay, I will ask these questions. I will. And so I did, <laughs> you know, I've done so far the workbook section part of it. So why do you think it is important for people to either a go through journal, reflect them, B talk to friends about them, counsel, you know, godly counsel or get a counsel. Like I know you always say yeah, oh, therapy is sexy, right? So yes. I why do you think it's, or how, how would you speak to the woman right now? Who's kind of like dismissive of that section of the book, or maybe wanting yeah. to kind of turn a blind eye to like the therapy that she needs to endure to be able to, you know, get to the next phase here. Man, you know, there's no easy way to just, we all have been trained by Disney and so many narratives that like the man is going to come and sweep us off our feet and we don't have to do much. And it just happens to us. And we all, we know like logically that's not what's going to happen, but we have been programmed otherwise, especially as women. Okay. And so it does take a level of like, okay, it comes back to like, you know, this is a desire that is good and wonderful and beautiful. And if this is a desire that you truly want, like you have to actively participate in the process of it. Yeah. You can't just expect the man to come in and do all these things and be exactly everything you want him to be. That is the wrong, that's a wrong posture thousand percent the wrong posture because you're going to be sorely disappointed. Let me tell you, I'm an engaged woman. There's so many things like marriage is the most getting married is the most mysterious, challenging thing that you will ever go through. And some of you listening maybe have been married and are divorced. And so you may understand like being married is, is I'm not married yet, but I'm moving towards all my mindset into that place. And it's like, it is so challenging because you are it is the picture of God's love through another human person. And the, that marriage is, it's just crazy. It's wild. I have a, a different podcast, Franny. Okay. A whole <laughs> lots of th things to say on that. But the reality is the person is not going to be able to do the work for you by making you feel all of these things. And you are going to have to do and know and learn and heal those things for yourself. 
Now, with the caveat that there are certain things in relationship, if you have relational trauma, that certain um, healthy relationships will help you to heal, honestly, by seeing that a person is willing to hear you, see you, fully embrace you, fully accept you, that can be another healing layer. That's why I love that God uses relationships in that way, especially intimacy. That kind of intimacy can really like deepen your healing even more, but your healing journey should already have started. Some of the transformation work already needs to be started because otherwise the relationship's going to come and all that's going to be brought to the surface. And either you're going to be really disappointed with the person at hand because they're not able to do all these things for you, or you're, the other person is going to see, wow, you have a lot of insecurities. You're getting a lot of things to work on. And the relationship is going to crumble because you don't have the tools in place to be able to properly fight through the relationship. I don't want to see you come to the relationship perfect. That's un that's unreasonable. But what I want to see you do is come with a tool belt where you're like, hey, I've recognized these things about myself. I've really done some of the work. I understand my DNA. I understand my history, what's made me who I am, the particles in my body. I understand all of this stuff that's going on for the most part. If there are things that I don't understand, I am committed to adding more tools. <laughs> Yeah. That's who I am. But here are the tools I have so far to deal with those things. That's what you want to show up to a relationship with. You don't want to show up to a relationship, empty tool belt saying, Hey, just make me feel amazing. No, you want to come prepared. You want to come like proving that you fought through these different layers. And I'm telling you, man, I have friends that are married. I have a really good friend, a best friend, and she and I were going through the same healing journey. And at the same time, after our, both of our abusive relationships, God brought us together after those abusive relationships, we met for the first time and became best, best friends. And we were on that journey of healing together. I took that season of singleness. She did for a period, but after a year, she ended up dating someone. Now she is married to that man and he's wonderful. They awesome. But this is what happened because she didn't fully heal from process and gain more tools in her singleness. They had the, the really, really, really hardest first five years of marriage. It was tumultuous. It was like, you know, running through mud. Okay. And it was so painful. And she said to me multiple times, man, girl, like, I love my husband, but I wish we had worked through the things that you've had an opportunity to work through. Like, I wish mm -hmm. I, I did that. Like, I I'm so happy. I'm married with, I love my marriage, but it would have made saved us five years of pain and, and running through mud to get to where we are now. Like they're in a healthy, thriving, amazing marriage now, but it's taken so much work yeah. to get there. And so these problems are not going to leave you. If you don't show up with tools, yeah. you are going to, your relationship will either crumble or you're going to be forced to figure them out together, which sometimes can just be so much harder, right. <laughs> truly. Recipe and for disaster, so, you know, yes. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard that from her. I'm like, man, that gives me so much perspective because JJ and I's relationship has not been perfect. Um, and we've had to deal through a lot, but man, we've, I have the tools. I have more tools. I have easier processes. So I like know where to turn. I know more clearly at least the direction for where the answer is going to lie than I did before. Yeah. And it has been, it has been so helpful in our relationship, uh, to be able to work through so many different layers. And so, um, that would, yeah, that was a long winded answer. And 
but I really, I really think it is so important to, to know that you got to start it now. Like right. you may not want to, it's not fun. I'm not right. telling you it's fun, right. but it is satisfactory when you start working through some of it and you're like, I understand more. You got to change the game for yes. yourself. Like see it as a fun opportunity. Yes. <laughs> well, and I think that's so true because I think between 30 and 40, so I was engaged when I was 26 and ended that. And then I was on the way to engagement, we were actually going through pre-cana and all the things in the Catholic church and whatnot. And then it was actually a priest who called and said, I can't marry you. Like the priest oh, wow. called me and told me like, you're a great person. He's going to try to put you in a box. Da, 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 da. And so after that, I was going, I just it was 30 years old wow. at the time. So between 30 and 40, pretty much Kate, like I swore off dating and I was like, all right, I'm not going to date. And you I kissed was, dating goodbye. I totally did. I was like, see you later. And I literally just said, I'm going to focus on being the one. So I mm. went and I did a half marathon yeah. in different States. I did one every year. I went yes, and I got to all 50 States. I was like, by the time I get to 40, I'm going to be in all, you know, so I went and I like lived and I did a lot of, you know, heart work on this stuff because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for that person to show up. And then all of a sudden be my end all be all. And I know that I've done that. I've put those expectations on people and that's not fair for anyone. If somebody put those expectations on me that I'm going to be their end all their savior, they're looking at the wrong person because I'm very flawed. You know what I mean? But like (laughs) you said, Kate, like I'm flawed, but I've got some, you know, in my tool belt, I've got some patchwork paint up in there. Like I can go ahead (laughs) and cover it up. You know, I know the tool that I need to be able to help in this situation and whatnot. So I just love though, that, you know, just the reminder for women and just for anyone who's listening, you know, just to really allow God to do the transformational work in you that, that only he can do, but really just taking the time to unpack it and celebrate it. You know, that this, your hardship is of course, you know, a hardship. you know, it's going to be something that you're yes. going to use to able to use in the future. So, all right, girls, so we're just going to die. Unless you have something else to say, you want to that. Cause you know, Oh no, I was just going to say the one last metaphor, just to make this super simple to really hit it home is if you were a new mom or an expecting mother and imagine you saying to yourself, you know what, the, what I know today, I've never been a mom, but what I know today is good enough. I'm just going to have this baby. I'm not going to read any books. I'm not going to learn about birthing. I'm just going to let it happen so and it'll be good enough. Like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Like any new mom is going to probably do her best to like research and figure it out and, you know, and, and get help and get tools because they want to hold this new life. Well, do that same thing for yourself and dating. We have to see it in the same way. You know, it's a responsibility that we are taking on and we need to be responsible in our own life by taking ownership of the things that we do have control of, which is healing our, our, our past and bring, and getting the tools to be yeah. able to enter into dating more healthily. So that was just the last metaphor I wanted to bring up. <laughs> no, I absolutely love that though, because it's so true. You know, you may have never been a mom before, but you're going to learn it. And you're going to study it. You may have never been a wife before, but you're going to study, you know, the art of marriage and the finessing yes. of communication. And so I love that you're walking through that. And let's just, that's like a perfect segue because at the heart of dating conference, like you were like a real life fairy tale for me. So I'm like, you know, probably 20 years older than Kate is you guys. And she's cute as anything. You don't see no, her on the other side. But not. so I just laugh because, you know, so my first time experiencing her and then she's like telling about last year's conference. And she's like, well, there was a bachelor and a bachelorette and she did this three month dating challenge. Well, lo and behold, y'all, it was Kate. And she like <laughs> yes. knocked my, like knocked the wind out of myself. So I was like, wait, what? And so she brought out her newly engaged fiance. I think that's what you call him. You're the fiance. Yes. fiance but yeah. so- she brought out JJ and I have just, you guys, you have to go listen to her um, podcast, Heart of Dating for sure. But mm-hmm. why don't you kind of just like catch us up on all things right now? She, because Kate, you took the limits off of a lot of your kind of expectations of 
dating yes. relationship and things like that. And that encouraged me because girl, before the heart of dating, I had my list that I slept with under my pillow of the 84 <laughs> things that I wanted in a guy. And I was like, Seriously. okay, he has to have this and this and this. And you guys pretty much distilled it into need to have nice to have fun to have. And I was like, yes, what three, three <laughs> lists. I was like, how many That's things it. on each list? 74? I don't know, like, like five what? need to have or less. What? I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so tell us a little bit just about like your courtship and how it kind of started because not everybody was there at the conference, but y'all, you need to go. Next one she has. I don't know, Kate, maybe I'll be up there with my new husband. I'm just saying. Seriously, Franny. Hey girl, you're doing a challenge right now. Hey, you never know. This My phrase of the year has been date the unexpected and God just may do the unexpected. And so, and that's what happened. JJ came along. I was in a three month dating challenge. This is over a year ago, early 2021. And I was talking to other guys, going on dates with other guys, building friendship. He comes along and he's five and a half years younger than me, has platinum hair that he dyed blue, a black diamond earring, like skater punk style, like the whole thing. And he also didn't live by me. So long distance, younger guy, weird style. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> At first I was like, I'm not, there's no, 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 no. But I really, again, I was like, well, I'm challenging myself. Yeah. I can, I loved, I did appreciate his boldness and his courage because the way he saw and connected with me is he saw me speak and he had never heard of me before, which I personally kind of love because I don't love when everyone knows everything about me right, before they right. meet me. But, um, I loved that. And he was like, I don't know really much about this girl, but I love her story. And I was talking about the very light topics of self-hatred and abuse. And that's <laughs> the first introduction he had of me as literally talking about my, my story. But what he loved was he loved to our point today, the redemption, the beauty from ashes, just like what I talked about, how God, what God did in my life and, and where he brought me to from and from into to now. And so I love that he had the boldness to ask, to ask a friend of ours to set us up after he heard me speak. It was awesome. I was like, I'll go on a date with him. Why not? Let's see. And so I, and I was so surprised. I was like, wow, our first date, he came prepared. It was amazing, Franny. It was amazing. And honestly, at we have an episode on the podcast coming out actually, that is all about attraction and type. And I'm going to be super honest to the woman listening. Like I wasn't that physically attracted to him. Now I thought he was an attractive man. I was like, yes, objectively, he's attractive, definitely attractive. He has great features, but I, I used to work in fashion. I lived in New York city, the style, the grooming. I was like, not my thing. Okay. And also younger than my, my younger brother, weird to me at first. And I was like, this is going to take a hot second to, to let like get me really physically into him. But I will tell you, I believe there's so many different, uh, five different areas of attraction. I believe that there are, and we started building the, the friendship layer and the personality layer. We started building the emotional layer, spiritual, like all of those things. And eventually, yes, the physical came. Like I, I still thought he was attractive. I just was like, this whole look is not, mm, I don't know. And I talk about in this episode, how after the first time he visited in person, there was, it was great. But after he left, I was like, I don't know if I'm physically into him. Am I? I don't know. And I had a friend give me a pep talk. No joke. Like I had friends literally being like, Kate, you know what you say on this. Okay, girl. So you get your head in the game. Look at all the other areas. Keep trying. And that's what you need listening. Okay. Cause I can preach it all day long. You need a support system. Okay. Yep. Cause you're going to have those moments of like, I don't know his teeth, his breath, the way he's grooming himself. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know if I can do this. He's shorter than I like. You need a support system to be like, yeah. just keep trying. Right. And again, but 
I'm not saying you have to force it. I'm not saying like you should be with somebody you have no attraction to at all. If they completely repulse you, that's a different story. But JJ did not repulse me. I was just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> right. And I'm so glad I challenged myself because his character shined through time. And he says that he wasn't worried. I was open about all these things with him. He was like, I'm not worried. He was like, I know my character will shine through time and she's going to see who I really am. And so that's okay if she is not sure because I know who I am. And that's what you want. You want to be the kind of person JJ was at the beginning where if somebody's unsure about you, you're like, okay, well, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know my character. I know. I'm not going to be here performing for them. And if they're not into me, then I will find someone else. And that's Mm going to be fine. Mm -hmm. You want to be like JJ was. I loved that about him where he was just like, okay, that's totally good. You know, like a secure, confident person knows who he is in God. We need to also strive for that on our end. And so, yeah, we got engaged after a year of dating and, um, it's been amazing for any, and now we're getting married in a few months and, it's, it's so wonderful and wild and beautiful. And he is younger than me and it's awesome. I mean, I kind of love it now, you know? So (laughs) I absolutely love that. And I just think that it's just such, you know, it's so inspiring for me. So anyone who might be listening, whether you're single or single again, um, I know my friend Aubrey, who I ended up meeting at the heart of dating conference. She's listening to this, you know, I know that she'll be listening. She was super excited. And a few people who I met through the conference too, I'm super excited to, you know, have this opportunity to interview you. So I just know that, you know, your story with JJ is so inspiring. So I love that what you guys are doing on the Heart of Dating podcast and whatnot. Yeah. Um, why don't you share with people? I have a few rapid fire questions I want to ask you. This kind yes. of fun. And then I'm going to have you share a little bit how, how people get connected with you. But let's just start with this really quickly. Mountains or ocean? I think ocean. Okay. Think. Well, you're a California girl now. Yeah, I so. get both. So I'm yeah. spoiled. Yeah. yeah. Salty or sweet? <laughs> Oh, I think sweet. What's your favorite? What's your favorite sweet treat? Well, I can't eat a lot of sweet treats, but I do love chocolate and I can't eat corn syrup, but I found some really weird organic candies. Anything that resembles a starburst without corn syrup in it, I'm into it. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. at, Okay. (laughs) That's so funny. Like that's very specific. Like it is. I love high chews. I love, oh my gosh, you give me a whole bag of those. I'm eating like the whole bag and you, you got to get it away from me because I will eat it like in a few days. Ooh. Well, girl, you're cute as anything. So I would never know that. Okay. Best date idea. I know JJ's had a ton of them. Oh, best date idea. This is so good. I, mm, you know, this is just in general, I would say come up with a date idea. Like this is a couple, a friend of ours, actually the same friend I brought up earlier where she had hard first five years of marriage. Now her and her husband actually mentor me and JJ because they've been through it. They get it. And she and I are very similar and now they've been married. So they understand. So it's been awesome to have them. But one of the things in our process of dating that he said to JJ was fantasize about what the other would make the other person feel loved. And that's how you can bring romance into the relationship. So when it comes to best date idea, don't just think about what makes you happy, like fantasize about what they really love, what their interests are and how you can do that for them. And picture like when you fantasize about it, what, what would it make them feel like? Like, what do you, what do you want them to experience that will make them feel so loved? And that will in turn also bring you joy. But, um, one of the, this is ironic and funny, but for me, this is so specific for JJ. It was like, 
planning a golf date. Okay. Where I surprised him. I bought new golf balls. Oh. I got his favorite treats. We show book us at a golf course and he had no idea what we were doing. He was stoked, like so excited. And I don't golf, but I just chilled with him the whole time. And he loved it. Okay. It's like the man was already in love with me. We were engaged. This is not too long ago, but like those kinds of dates, like he was so, so excited. Appreciate like, I'm sure too. Yes. And yeah. loved it. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just love that. No, I just love that too. And like you said, you know, coming from the place of being the servant, like Jesus calls us, like put others before yes. yourselves, you know, and that's exactly what the two of you guys have done. So I just love that. And okay. And last question is um, your worst date moment. Oh gosh. Somebody showed up to a date with, they clearly just left the gym and showed up in their gym outfit with their shower shoes. They had clearly shower girl. And I was like all dressed up. It was New York city back in the day, a long time ago. And we're like going to this fancy restaurant and I'm just like, what is happening here? Why, what? And the guy was really wealthy. So I guess maybe he just doesn't care and can just roll up and whatever. But I was like, this is not okay. And, you know, so I guess it comes back to the fact that I do care about style. And cause I still so remember that. And we were walking to the place and it was just, you know, when you're wearing a shower shoe and then it's like was wet and it's like, you could just hear the squishing, like as he's walking, I was yeah. like, also, I don't like feet. And so his toes are out and it's a whole thing that I was like, no, I'm sorry. I can't do this. <laughs> hey girl. Well, you know, those are the things like, those are the things guys need to think about, you know, and I just started online dating. So I will tell my listeners, a lot of my, my people, I put out a few things on social that I've started it, but, um, yes. you know, again, you've inspired me to do it. So I would, you know, recommend that people heed Kate's advice, follow heart of dating podcast. It's awesome that she's got the heart of dating community right? That you can, they can just join on Facebook, right? Yeah. On Facebook, there's a huge Facebook group. It's awesome. I love our Facebook community. It's such a great community. And then also too, I know that you have got the heart of dating as well as then your Kate Warman. You have got two different social handles on Instagram. I would encourage you to follow both because she, I feel like you share more of your personal stuff on your personal side, more exactly. Not just like, yep. That's you know, what we're top 10 things or whatever. You are so good. Yes. You picked up on that. I love it. Brandy. Yeah. Heart of well, dating. Good job. Branding. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I try to keep more personal stuff on Kate So you can still yeah. really get to know me and my journey. Mm-hmm. And then heart of dating is a lot of overall community, general dating advice mm-hmm. and tips and tricks and, yeah. and all of those things. Well, I would encourage you to follow her because she is certainly inspiring, whether you're married or single or single again, no matter what, you know, phase or place, you know, we all know somebody who is in a single season, every single one of us, whether it's a daughter, a niece, a cousin, a grandchild, you know, whomever it is, we all know somebody who we could say like, Hey, this might be helpful for you. So I'm so grateful. And, you know, like I said, it's just kind of this like freak meeting of you. And then all of a sudden sudden, like turned upside down. So I am currently, (laughs) I, and I didn't follow the Henry cloud, like do three months of like dating. Cause girl, I'm 46. I know what I'm looking for. Like I am walking through the forest. I've got a loaded gun. I know exactly where that bear is. You are hysterical. So, and I think that, you know, just, so he's super, the guy that I'm talking to right now is super sweet. And so we'll see where it goes, but you know, I'm just, just following along. Like you said, I'm just doing, you know, having fun and just going through each and every day, 
doing the things that, you know, light me up and just following what God says. So Holy Spirit, lead me. I love that. Brandy, let's go girl. I know. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so blessed and so honored. And you guys, um, I'll put all the information in the show notes where you can find her book, the heart of dating, all the links and all the social things, but definitely connect with her. She is definitely a lovely person, inspiring person inside and out. Thank you, Brandy. This is so awesome. Thanks you guys. Thank you.